Peace, peace, peace. This is your host, King Canaan of Canaan Uncensored. Um, before I start, I want to give thanks and praises to my Lord and Savior, Yahshua the Christ, Jesus the Messiah, the winner of the sins of the world, so that people such as myself could be cleansed from all contractual agreements we made with entities of darkness who are currently waiting eternal hellfire. Forever, ever, ever, they shall burn on doing it after Judgment Day. With that being said, I want to get into the knowledge and information real quick. I prove to you guys that hip-hop was used as a mind-control uh, weaponry by the CIA. Now, if you go back, all the way back to the history of hip-hop, you will find that hip-hop is rooted directly into Freemasonry, which is Satanism. The founder of hip-hop is African Bambada, who was a Freemason and Satanist. Now, there's two ways that you give glory to Satan. It's through sexual deviancies or through blood rituals and human sacrificing. African Bambada, it has been brought to the attention that he molested numerous accounts of children throughout the Bronx of New York masquerading as this conscious person and a hip-hop icon. He was able to gain full access to children unattended and he sexually violated them in every way. This is what this is what empowered hip-hop into Satanism through the violation of children sex rituals in the beginning stages of the 70s and mid 80s they would create an anti-christ movement throughout the culture and climate of hip-hop basically saying that the bible was a slave religion the white man used the bible to enslave our people and the way to go was through the African knowledge, African information, and the African spirituality, which is nothing but ancestral worship, which is communicating with demons and voodoo. They would tell you that the Haitians was able to defeat the French in 1804 through the ancient African practices of voodoo. And voodoo is basically communicating with demons. So from the from the early stages of hip hop, they used the Afrocentric movement to re remove Christ, and then basically they removed them from the culture and climate of hip hop, not in its totality, but they wasn't the main focus of the culture anymore. They will move on to NWA. Uh, the first openly CIA uh, hip hop group. This was a, this was five CIA agents camouflaged as expressive artists who was basically talking about what nobody else was talking about. When at, at when in actuality, they was introducing 
the entire world to degeneracy. So they began to give glorification to guns, to murder, to drugs, and all of this stuff. So this, and if you, you will begin to notice a pattern once they get you to open up portals, because what Satan understood was that through hip hop or through the airwaves messaging messages through visuals and imagery could open up portals of immorality. So in each era, Satan utilized messages and imagery to open up portals of immorality by taking the absolute worst things and giving glorification to it. This is why when you hear the names of some of these groups, it's like we're not listening to what they're naming themselves. Naughty by nature. That's one of the groups. And it's a bunch of uh it's a bunch of names. And then they began naming uh the most heinous things and then giving glorification to it. Like I get wicked, that's sick, that's foul. Terminology of immorality became hip hop slang. They began making whatever was wrong right and whatever right wrong. So once they used them, what they used them for, NWA. NWA opened up portals of degeneracy. And again, they used Easy E what they used them for. And once they no longer needed him, they threw him to the wayside. They moved on with Dr. Dre. This is what, this will be the common pattern. They will take somebody that was unified. They will get inside of the ear of whomever they feel like is the most or least resistant to their agenda. They will form a contractual agreement with them, undercutting whom they came in a game with. So notice the pattern. They did this with uh, Dr. Dre and Easy e and NWA. So, Dr. Dre moved on with Death Row Records. Death Row Records was NWA 2.0. Death Row Records was NWA on steroids. Which, with Snoop Dogg, Dog Pound, and the rest of these guys... They degraded women in a way that no woman in the history of the world has been degraded by their artists or their men. They began to give glorification to one of the most degenerate lifestyles in the history of the world, which is Southern California game banging. Snoop Dogg, Snoop Dogg will begin to give glorification to the crib game. Right after this, it seemed like the entire nation of yesterday, which knew nothing about the Southern California gang member and gang culture, became overnight gang members. The entire nation. So once they was done with that era of death row records, which 
lasted from like 92 to 96. They moved on to another form of degeneracy because by then the gang epidemic that was contained in Southern California was all over the United States of America. Once they open up a portal, they move on to opening up another portal of immorality. So the 96 and 97 era will begin with Puffy and Jay-Z, the era of materialism over morality. And one of the most powerful lyrics in the history of hip hop or in the history of the black community was don't worry if I write rhymes, I write checks by Puffy. Because at that particular time, there was a morality of writing your own music. Your pen was as important as the album. There was no really glorification of having a team of writers. If you was an artist, you had to write your own music. But then Puffy came along with the infamous, don't worry if I write rhymes, I write checks. And then they created this character called a mad rapper. The mad rapper was being clown. The mad rapper, in essence, was the guy of morality that was calling out all the degeneracy inside of the hip hop culture. But in essence, he was portrayed by Bad Boy as being a guy that was broke and upset because other people was getting money and he wasn't. And that changed the morality of our community forever. And then Jay-Z came in giving glorification to the 80s New York drug dealer. That's the image and persona he took on. Now, mind you, I believe personally, none of these guys had any real talent. I believe these guys from the very beginning were like WWE wrestlers. Whomever could play and betray the role is who they decided to invest inside of. I believe all of these rappers from the beginning had team of writers. They have stylists. They have image consultants. They have public relations consultants. Basically, all they bring to the table is their ability to fit into a character that was designed and orchestrated by the record executives. And how do we know this? Because majority of these guys transform easily into being actors and actresses. We've seen it with Queen Latifah playing one of the most influential roles in the history of, of the big screen and set it off. We've seen Will Smith transfer to the big screen. We've seen, uh, it's just a countless, countless amount of uh, these guys that transform into making movies because they've always, in my personal opinion, been playing and portraying roles that the entertainment industry gave them. So in 96 and 97 also, you had Foxy Brown and Little Kim um, and they opened up portals of just not having no respect as females. 
before Luda Kim and Fosse Brown, females carried and conducted themselves a certain way. But once Luda Kim and Foxy opened up that portal of immorality, these females began to give glorification to having no respect for themselves and being sexually explicit and basically looking at themselves as prostitutes. So we went from that era to, I would say, the next big era, because you got to remember, once Therefore Records fell, just like they did with Easy e um, and Suge Knight, meaning Easy e became Suge Knight. And so they partnered Dre from Easy e to Death Row Records. They eventually would do the same thing with Suge Knight. And they partnered him with, and they partnered Dr. Dre with Enniscope and Jimmy Iovine. So Dre had left and he created the aftermath. These names are it's just amazing. So he goes, he goes and he um, starts aftermath. After, but it took aftermath a while, not really a while after, but a couple years. He found Eminem, um, and then basically the culture changer was when they got Fifty Cent in the early two thousands. So Fifty Cent, even though he was big, he really didn't create like what Fifty Cent created was artists used to actually keep the music, music in street, street. 50 Cent started talking about street stuff on camera. Like anything that happened in the streets, he would go to the interview and actually talk about real street situations on air. That really wasn't done before him. Pop talked about his situation, but not every situation that happened and transpired in the streets. 50 started that. And then so it, it started a self-snitching error. Incriminating yourself on camera, building a case on yourself. And then after that, you will have the down south version of Jay-Z when they began to talk about trapping. You had that, you had that movement where it was all about trapping. And then after that, because remember, Cash Money was 98, 99, but it wasn't their time yet, meaning where they created the movement. There has been plenty of artists in each of these eras that was doing numbers, like the Fugees was doing numbers in the, uh, in, in the 95, 96 era. They was going, they went like dominant, I think. Um, you had MC Hammer, um, doing numbers back in the day. You had, it's been a bunch of people doing these errors that was doing numbers, but they wasn't the impact. They wasn't the movement and energy of the culture. So after the down south trapping and all of that, this is when after, after uh, the hot boys from Cash Money broke up and Little Wayne actually became the face of Cash Money this is when uh this is when um 
cash money kind of became the energy. Not Lil Wayne Carter albums. After those Carter albums pretty much validated Lil Wayne as a solo act. But once he will move on, Lil Wayne will begin to market and promote popping pills and drinking lean. Like, that opened up a portal inside of the black community. Ain't nobody pop pills. Like, that wasn't a culture and climate. And also, in the early 2000s, Lil' Kim would recreate herself and she began to introduce plastic surgery to black women. Before then, nobody was thinking about uh, doing plastic surgery. Y'all have to understand that Satan is a real person, a general. And his thing, there is things that are sealed in the spiritual and energetic universe that protects mankind. Where even the wicked have, uh, have morality standards. But Satan understands how to break the seals of that morality and transfer it into immorality. I'll give you guys a great example. Remember a time when gang members, even when they was killing each other, they had rules that innocent children, children was off limits. Women was off limits. Elderly was off limits. And even... Men who were not gang members was off limits. No civilians were to be attacked. Those were the rules of, of, of the gang banging war. Even though there was immoral morality, there was a some type of seal of morality that protected the rest of us. Now, if you look at the gang culture, they are killing innocent children, they killing elderly women, they killing pregnant women, they coming inside the house, they robbing and raping elderly women because Satan understands how to break seals and he understood how to do it through hip hop, how to take whatever is moral and transfer it into immorality through the messages and imagery. This is why I'm telling you that these rappers are CIA agents. And it's a mind control operation. Let's go on um, before I get to my summary of the conclusion of what I'm trying to say. So now you have Lil Wayne giving glorification to popping pills, drinking lean. So now everybody in the community is now drug addicts. So the last big movement that we're at now started with Chief Keith and the Chicago drill music. Now, for people who don't understand what drill is, drill is terminology in Chicago for killing a gang rival and then going and making a song about it, mocking your rivals. Now, they have to come and kill one of your gang members in retaliation in order to not be looked at in Chicago terminology as a goofy. So now they kill one of y'all gang members and then they go and they make a song about it. So drill music is not drill music without somebody actually getting killed for real. It's not like gangster rap music where you got a bunch of generic guys in there talking about the streets. 
a lot of times that they didn't live personally. Drill rap is really you have to somebody really died. And to prove the fact that somebody died, these guys named their marijuana after the person who got killed. Like, let's say if Shorty Boo is my enemy, Shorty Boo gets killed. I name my marijuana. Now I say I'm smoking on Shorty Boo. So this opened up a spirit of disrespect inside of our community, a spirit of confrontation and a spirit of supernatural degeneracy. Why do I say supernatural degeneracy? Because these guys are openly tell you that they're demons and they're on demon time and they're savages. Like when you listen to drill music, it's like listening to a full-fledged Satanist. Like, and I have to ask, do the Ku Klux Klan write these guys' lyrics? And I know people might be laughing or think I'm taking it too far. No, I'm not. Listen to the lyrics. Take away the beat and actually read the lyrics for yourself. But the thing is, the thing about it, so now everybody was happy. A full clip before drill was like 17 shots. Now everybody want 30 rounds in a uh, clip. They want switches on their guns. Which transfer a gun to street semi-auto. So they want switches on their guns. They want 30s in their clip. And they want to kill people. So nowadays, uh, it's not even about how much money you got. You still can, quote unquote, be a goofy. It's about how many people you kill. That's what make you cool. If you ain't killed nobody, you quote unquote, goofy. How do we know that hip hop is a mind control operation? Because kids don't want to be doctors and lawyers and physicians and, and, and scientists and none of this archaeologists. They don't want to be none of that. They want to be a gang member. They want to be hooked on drugs. They want to have ops, meaning oppositions, enemies. They don't want they don't even want females like that. They want females but they want females through the reputation that they are quote-unquote savage and a demon. That's how you know, like, the children of today, they have been brainwashed that being intelligent and moving in a way of wisdom means you are scared, meaning you're goofy, meaning you're a clown. In order to be cool, you have to be making bad decisions every day of your life. Like, and, um, I was listening to these guys talk about these rappers and how these rappers, let's say they will go get a watch that's worth like $100,000. And then they will go get the watch customized. Well, the watch loses its value once you change and alter it from its original state. So if you ever need money and you have to try to pawn it, the watch isn't worth anything. 
the jury isn't what worth anything because it lost its actual value through you customizing it and taking away its value through the customization of the actual product. And this is cool to be this ignorant to 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 take a hundred thousand dollar product and devalue it is considered great decision making. To spend money on a vehicle that by the time soon as you pull off the lot, it loses its value, and each year it loses its value. It's considered cool. Every bad decision you possibly can make in life is considered cool and glorified inside of the hip-hop culture. Why is this? Why is this? Why does hip-hop give glorification to every single thing that's bad? The only thing that these rappers have in common is actually talking about the same thing. Guns, drugs, violence, sex, murder, And then when you look at the people who own the record labels, these people got money invested inside the private prison industry. And these are the same people who own and control the media. And these are the same people who fund and finance political campaigns. So they are making money in every direction. They criminalize the imagery of young black impoverished males. Then they have their politicians strengthen the laws based upon those negative imageries and a high increase of violence. And then they get paid off the prison labor. So why pay somebody $20 an hour when you can pay them $1.85 per week for the same exact job? So, so the private prison industry has become more than a slave. How do you get people to throw away their freedom? You give glorification to a criminal and degenerate lifestyle. And then you utilize your funding and financing to market and promote this lifestyle to young, impressionable minds with no spiritual guidance and come from broken homes. And then you pay your politicians to bring awareness to the high increase of violence that you create through the imagery and messages of your artists. And then you lock up all these impoverished children and use them as slave labor. One of the things inside of the agreement with these agencies is that the prisons have to be 90% capacity fail in order for it to remain operational. So they need these prisons fill 90% capacity level. And that's why you have the rappers rapping about what they rapping about. Because they're not really rappers, they're CIA agents camouflaged as musicians. This is why they could take somebody like Cardi B, who was just on the strip pole last week and put her on every magazine around the country because they own the record labels and the magazines and all these media outlets. They can create a star from nothing and they give them team of writers and 
and all of this, and they create this image and this character of this person. And people will begin to believe this character. Females don't even want to go to college no more or create their own businesses. They want to finesse men and be Instagram models, which is females who uh, look a certain way and they got a camera and they take pictures all day, hoping that somebody that they deem successful will bite so that they could, can attach themselves to their resources. All of this is coming through hip hop. And and you have a lot of people that saying hip hop wasn't like this from but I already proved that hip hop from its very beginning was rooted in child molestation. I wasn't hip hop evil from the very beginning. It's just so to see that now we are seeing the seed fully develop and flourishing for Luciferian agendas. Until we denounce as a collective group of people, hip hop, and look at hip hop as an act of war. We look at these rappers as CIA agents. We never going to actually be able to rebuild our communities because our communities is ran by celebrities. Well, the black community is ran by celebrities. This the only community in the world where the celebrities are the most influential people in the community, not just entertainment wise. We're talking about political influence where singers and dancers influence who the governing body of people is going to give their political allegiance to. It's unheard of. But when you have a identitalist people who has been stripped of their culture, their names, then basically you can give them whatever you want to give them and they'll take on whatever identity that you give them because they don't have no identity. That's the number one problem. And this is why you can push a degenerate uh, musical art form like hip hop and they will accept it. Spiritual and mental slavery will always be worse than physical slavery. Physical slavery, you can overcome that. You can't overcome being in spiritual bondage and psychological bondage. And that's what you're saying. And as hip hop goes on, these artists have less and less and less respect for themselves and even less respect for their communities. And with that being said, I just want to say shalom, shalom and shalom.